The year was 1986. He was a teenager like any other, dreaming of his heroes and in love with a girl. But on a thunderous night along a ragged coast, a mysterious red car came to him, its power lighting his eyes blood red. Iconic, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, Fist of the North Star is very iconic. Hello. 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 Hello, fellow weebs and Yowie and Yowie. Uh, this is the uh, Yowie Smart Hour with Nathan and Chris. That's what we've decided to title the podcast. No. Um, from now on. From now on. No, but seriously, this this uh, this time we're talking about anime, and it's how well. First of all, we both love anime. I think we bonded on that when we met each other. Uh-huh. I think this um, is going to be have to be a regular thing. Yeah, we'll probably talk about it again, but I think this is also probably going to be our, our uh, probably going to be our first episode too. I'm going to yeah. say yeah. we might add elements of the other one. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll blow it. And, yeah, uh, maybe we'll, we'll fuck maybe up. This will be usable. Yeah. So. Well, we'll see. We'll have to wait and see. One time. But we're going to talk about a few anime movies that we both really like we're not going to do that. what we did with the Stephen King where he kind of picked like kind of weird movies that we never really seen or that we hadn't seen in a long time this time we're we're picking movies that we actually really like we really enjoy that we like talking about so we can kind of get deep into it some classic 80s classic 80s some early 90s we didn't go past uh, I think we the most I think the newest one that we watched well you watched it I didn't have time was Street Fighter it was like 1992 or 3 or something right yeah 93 yeah I think other than that we watched Nausicaa we're going to talk about Nausicaa Valley of the Wind which is a Miyazaki movie and I'm sure everybody knows who that is Studio Ghibli Studio Ghibli the Walt Disney of of uh, anime, um, <laughs> and, and uh, uh, literally the exact opposite, Fist uh, of the North Star, which North is complete Star. and total fucking trash compared to Nausicaa, but in a good way. Um, also, let us take you back to a time, a more gentle time, when it wasn't called anime; it was called Japanimation. 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 I remember when the Space Channel first came out in Canada. So I, you were probably still living in Florida at the time. Correct. Uh, and I think, you, so for you, it would have been called the Sci-Fi Channel. For us, it was called Space. Space, the Imagination Station. Was it... <laughs> I'm not making that up. That no, was, you know what? I was I just moved to Canada, I believe. When that... Space came out. Okay. I remember the commercials for the... Yeah, and they had... Uh, they said so they called it Anime Fridays but then in the commercial for Anime Fridays they'd say the best in Jap animation and I was yeah. being like ooh I no remember that. Uh, that ooh I was talking to somebody <laughs> at work about this the other day but do you remember how for a long time on uh, YTV uh, on every New Year's Eve starting at midnight yeah. they would play a run of anime movies yeah they would and that's so how I get, that's like, how I saw Ghost in the Shell and Ninja Scroll yeah and we're gonna actually have Ghost in the Shell playing in the background so we might segue into <laughs> into mentioning what's <laughs> going on there it's a clean hour and 22 minutes long I thought it was way longer than that yeah that's but really surprising. it's also we're gonna get into Ghost in the Shell's we're watching this for a reason because we're gonna get into kind of some, some stuff later we're gonna talk about maybe a little bit about why live action movies don't have a hard time succeeding when they're based on anime, um, but that's way down the road. First, let's get into Fist, Fist of, of the North Star. Star. Holy so. shit! What a fucking bananas movie, man. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> the first I, note I have normally, is I feel like normally we walk through the plot of a movie and uh, well, it has it to is, have a plot, does it, it not? Not gonna happen this time. No, no, no we're not gonna go. We're not gonna go through the plot. But, um, 
Okay, but let's loosely talk about the plot. So it's a post-apocalypse. <laughs> oh, well, okay, how about this? So right in the beginning, there's a, uh, the voice of an old man comes in and uh, sets the stage. Did you watch the dubbed version or the Japanese version? The dubbed version. Okay, so did I, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's a voiceover at the very beginning to set the stage for the crazy bananas bullshit that happens in this movie. Yeah. So he says, Life is the result of the struggle between dynamic opposites, form and chaos, substance and oblivion, light and dark, and all the infinite variations of yin and yang. That is fucking deep, man. I think, I, I think I'm going to live my life by that mantra yeah, this, now. This movie might be my new religion. It's pretty fucking hilarious. So one of the first notes I wrote was music. Wow. Because the music is something else. It does that oh, thing yeah, that Asian movies do where it cuts from like... It's got like parts where there's like Japanese hair metal. And then... Like that was at the end, right? And then it has like those slow like... Those slow, weird, like, 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 you know, what am I talking? Like, like loungy kind of, yeah, it's it you is. know, it's weird like music. Jazz yeah, music it's so like shit. weird jazz sax playing it's in the so background. Um, it also says 1990x, so it's like it's oh, 1990. Yeah. This, so yeah, it takes place in 1990x, <laughs> yeah. uh, a time when. Uh, mankind was plagued by cruise ships raining from the sky and getting lodged in buildings. And that was yeah, the cruise across the desert. The, the, yeah, so there's they, they go they go real deep into the apocalypse here, and apparently in this apocalypse, it's just riddled with people who have super ninja powers of some sort, <laughs> yeah. the ability to explode your head simply by touching it. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. So uh, yeah, it's I mean it's a movie about uh, you know honor and. Uh, what is it about? <laughs> what is it about? Okay, so Ken is the fist of the North Star, kind well, of. I believe that the, so what the, is, this movie, the events they take place concurrently to the events of Mad Max. I think this is just like a different a different part of the world. <laughs> so this is happening in what was once America or Japan? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. They passed by like an old west town at one point. Yeah. So People got... And then like I love how all the like... Okay, so I also have another note. So the, the bad guy, King Rao, is somehow Ken's brother, which I didn't realize. Yeah, to the I didn't realize that. They just try to drop that in. He's like, well, brother. And you're like, <laughs> okay, I know you're not calling him brother like Hulk Hogan calls him brother. It's actually his brother. Yeah, he's also the other guy's brother, Jackie. The blonde guy. The blonde guy. That yeah, so they're all... So he's the guy who beat him up at the beginning and stole Julia. The There's no Atlan way to logically talk about this movie, man. I do have a couple of nice quotes, time, though. Time is a intangible, amorphous riddle in this film. I, ha I have a couple of good quotes. Uh, one of my one of my favorites was, Listen, asswipe, I need some information. Yeah, I wrote that down, too. That was Ray, I think, who asked that. Ray was my favorite character. I love it, because it's like, they talk so proper that you get lines like, Listen, asswipe. And then uh, later on, um, when after Ken has killed Jackie, he goes, No one can love or hate with more passion than a madman. <laughs> I also wrote that down. Because <laughs> it's fucking brilliant, man. Like, holy shit. Yeah, it's uh, it's absolutely hilarious. Like, it's just so bananas. The fight scenes range from being, like, so cool and, and gory to being, like, lazy to the point of, like, they didn't actually fight. They just kind of, like... Like, the whole cl anime cliche of the guy standing behind the multicolored backdrop. Oh, yeah. With, I, uh, I, with I wrote down... Um, uh, wild, blurry streaming backgrounds. You betcha. Yeah, you betcha. You if you if that's your game, then you get those in spades. And the whole idea of like the rupture, like you punch someone and it like ruptures oh. their insides and explodes Sets, their blood. What is it like send some kind of energy force? I think them? so. Like I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Great, it's fucking great. Right man. off the bat, you get your fix when uh, uh, Shin kill uh, like tries to kill Ken. Yeah. And fucking they you know they 
past each other like a and then one samurai guy just explodes into a million pieces. His elbows and knees explode, spraying with blood everywhere. It's fucking brilliant. This is also just to cut away to Ghost in the Shell here. This is one of the coolest intros of any movie ever, like live action or otherwise, where she's getting oh, like oh, yeah. turned into a, a robot. Yeah, yeah, you, you know? figure out that she is a robot. <laughs> she's a robot with a with a human ghost, which I think is a brain. I don't know. Japanese people have strange <laughs> words for things. A soul? Okay, you can't Ghost possibly in the machine? figure it out. No. <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter. I wouldn't matter. put too much of your you know, personal time into it. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, I have another note. So the char- the female lead is a character named Julia. Good who, morning, Julia. Good morning, Julia. Full throttle. Uh, she is a uh, uh, totally amorphous <laughs> personality-less character. Yeah, who's... I mean, I don't want to skip out to the question section, Nathan, but do you feel like this movie passes the Bechdel test? or? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, this movie is like, yeah, so the personality of this character is, doesn't exist. We don't know why everyone's so enamored with her. I don't think so anyway. Women, and, uh, women are inanimate uh, plot devices. Yeah, and at one, <laughs> at one point she decides that she's going to, because I guess she leaves Ken for Jackie. I think Jackie beats up Ken and leaves him for dead at yeah, the beginning. Yeah, he jabs his fingers into him. Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's another big chest. thing. The like finger hole jabbing yeah. is a big thing. But anyway, so she leaves him, but then later on she decides she's going to leave Jackie and, go, and try to find Ken again. <laughs> and I wrote down this, this note. Uh, one of the most gratuitous and intense wardrobe changes ever as she <laughs> tears her dress off with one fell yeah. one fell swoops to expose her you know ample anime bosom well, clothes were damaged by the holocaust you know the, yeah so the fabric is like weaker right. so you can also, kind of just tear it off the, the radiation definitely wreaked havoc on everyone's eyebrows I feel yeah because they're all huge yeah also like I, I love the the look of like and, and even like American um, animated cartoons would do this or just even any post-apocalyptic thing in the 80s like the way that they think people were, would look like that they would just kind of grab clothes from everywhere but every everywhere they would grab clothes from would be like a sporting goods store <laughs> you know everyone's got like these weird helmets and pads and shit everywhere like where do they like why do they have these things like and everyone is fucking jacked everyone is I well hey man you, it's a hard place to live you gotta be fucking buff you gotta be ripped yeah but where are they like I mean I guess they're just eating people you know there's no plants they do, they do show they show cannibalism like okay. right off the hop there, All right. right so there is like there is cannibalism happening like so it's big just time. a pure like uh, keto weightlifting you know, yeah or whatever right <laughs> like I don't know man but it's it's fucking great people, like, people are also 20 feet tall yeah and they change color like so often and sometimes they look like they don't have eyes yeah like yeah, yeah. and yeah, here's, when Ken's walking around he's, he's all eyebrows okay, here's and no the part eyeballs that, okay and, and here, this is another thing I didn't note it but I remember it because I just you know I just wrapped it up a couple days ago uh, when Ken uh, is walking slowly to the final battle his best friend is getting his ass handed to him and he arrives there just in time to see him die now how he's shown a modicum of more urgency before that he would have got there to save Ray Ray wouldn't be dead he's in really good shape you'd think he could jog no, maybe that's how he conserves his energy is he just he just walks everywhere right and the animation like this movie's animation ranged from being like phenomenal oh. to just like god awful I wrote down uh, this this movie's animation is does the opposite of Ren and Stimpy like every time someone goes to kill somebody it like drops down into looking like an old worn out VHS tape for the yeah, scene yeah so where weird like, heads explode it's, I think that was just I, I think it's just the rips that we got like that's the transfer I guess I like I can't imagine why that if it was an intentional like I don't know choice, but or? I think it's a it's a big symptom of cartoons in the 80s animated stuff in the 80s where they do that they really cleaned it up in a lot of the other releases but this one the big the weird color shifts are, are strange but I did love that guy who turned himself into steel 
Yeah, he got yeah, he was rad. And the chunks of his skin started flying giant out. Giant Genghis Khan. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I did appreciate that. I, I absolutely love Fist of the North Star. I'm glad I watched it again. So Ken was still able to punch him so hard that he gave him elephantitis and his head exploded. Yeah, there's a lot of people, like, honestly, Fist of the North Star, like, if you can find a copy of it, that's... I'm telling, listen, if you're listening to this and you have even the remotest interest in anime and you like violence, fucking strap yourself This in. is a starter movie. Like, I this stopped is, writing notes halfway through this movie because I was just like I just this is a roller coaster ride of emotions it's so bizarre blood. it's so bizarre and there's scenes where like you think like you think they're gonna amount to something but they don't but that it doesn't matter because the next scene someone's face is exploding everywhere yeah, it's fantastic time is completely intangible yeah and there's and like there are I think there are a couple of flashbacks but like they don't uh, and the whole thing with Julia and the wedding veil and everything—it was very strange. It was a very strange movie, but I, I recommend it highly. I love, I, I love really, Fist of the North Star. Really funny, like uh, Julia's like imprisoned by. Uh like, we didn't even talk about the characters, because, like, I, you can barely remember them. Okay, well, so there's Ken, who's the Fist of the North Star. Who we believe is the Fist of the North we Star. We believe he is. And there's his brother, Rao, who's become, like, this marauding warlord. Yeah, I, oh, that scene was pretty great. He goes to some temple and, like, rips the heads off these two statues yeah. in front of his, like, old master. Yeah. And that gives him the power of what he believes to be the Fist of the North Star. There's a really funny exchange there where he says to the old man, the old man's telling him, like, you know, with a, what does he say, like, strength without perception is ultimately useless. Oh my um, God. So Rao says, uh, admit it, I'm now more powerful than you ever were. I am Fist of the North Star. And the old man just says, I disagree. And yeah. Rao leaves. I remember that. I remember he says, I disagree. <laughs> Interesting dunk. Uh, I don't think I have any more notes about it, but I mean, uh, me it's a good, else. it's a good starter movie. Like if you want to get into anime, like if you're really looking like, what's the, what are the, what are the quintessentials? This is like one of the top five that you should probably watch just to get into it. Like this one, Ghost in the Shell, Akira, you know, couple, Princess Mononoke, a couple more we're going to talk about, but this is one of them for sure. I, I highly, highly, highly recommend Fist of the North Star. It's fucking insane. Oh, yeah. You'll get whiplash from the emotional terms. Oh, my God. Oh, that We got to talk about that, though. The very end of the movie, right? Like, it does not end with Ken showing up and killing... No, Ken so Rao. he kills Rao, finally, after no. they, like, stab each other. No, Rao, Rao, like, takes Ken out. Oh, right. And then he just walks off. He has a complete heel turn and decides he doesn't want to kill him and that the right, world should right, live right, right, right. and he lets the little girl in her plant and then live Ken, and she tells him to oh yeah, we didn't talk. back to hell. We didn't even talk about the little girl. Yeah, the weird kids and their plant. Yeah, what the fuck's going on there? Little emo kids with their <laughs> yeah. emo haircuts. So there's some plot in there about repopulating the plants of the world uh, that <laughs> gets about 10 minutes of total airtime across if, it but it ends that. up being the crux of the end of the if movie. If that. I, I forgot about that. I thought that he killed Rao. <laughs> Yeah. Huh, I guess I wasn't actually I guess I'd stop paying attention at that point was that that scene you were talking about at the end where where Julia realizes Ken's still alive yeah and she's like she just rips Ken's off. alive I've gotta find him yeah the most intense wardrobe change of all time it was fucking ridiculous it was hilarious also it's I found it funny that she's been imprisoned by Shin this entire like time years presumably and then when she hears that Ken's alive she just leaves <laughs> Well, she just, but then no because Rao captures her but we don't see that it happens off right. screen but she leaves Shin like just yeah. zero problem escaping the clutches of Shin when she decided she wanted to oh yeah to. She's, and I love how they have that one scene where they're like waspy to each other and he's like oh I could really hear the care in your voice you're just like yeah. where the fuck did that come Shin's from. His dialogue is real. Uh, he's the Yowie. Problematic. He's the Yowie in the movie. He's the like <laughs> effete, you know, androgynous male villain, right? Uh-huh. 
Uh, but yeah, so two thumbs up for that one. I'm just, nothing else you can say about that movie. Super into it. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, Fist of the North Star, two thumbs up. Let's, two thumbs up. Two thumbs way up. We gotta come up with a rating system, by the way. Five chi? No. Two, four, five tentacles. Five tentacles for, for Fist. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Nausicaa. Yeah. So I didn't even I didn't even write notes for Nausicaa because I I don't need I don't need I them. stopped halfway through. I, I, I've, I've seen this movie a bunch. I couldn't write notes because I wanted to enjoy it. I wanted to drink it in. I hadn't actually seen it in a couple years. So Nausicaa came out in 1984, I believe. Um, it was, of course, like many things, based on a manga. Um, yeah. But like not as extensive as Fist of the North Star was. I think it was just like a one and done book. Yeah. But Miyazaki. Fist of the North Star has a whole show. Yeah, and it happened concurrently to the movie, and it wasn't as violent. Um, but anyway, so Nausicaa is about uh, this one. You actually do have to talk about the plot because it's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> Although it's a plot point that's recycled I, ad hoc I, by I wrote down Nausicaa, a thinly veiled allegory of Earth's own environmental. Crisis. Yeah, yeah, it's oh, <laughs> dude, it's so thinly veiled, man. No, it's pretty much hammering you in the face with it. So, oh wait, I can sum up the plot with again an opening narration, popular trope of anime. Oh, yeah, go movies. ahead with your go ahead with your opening so, lines. Uh, one hundred years have passed since the collapse of civilization. A toxic jungle now threatens to consume what remains of the human race. Yeah, so that's so, and then Nausicaa, her people live in this like valley that's kind of been protected from everything, and like they're bordered by the ocean on one side, so they kind of have this little like funnel where they can kind of survive and uh it seems like the plot is they have clean water and the wind from the underground the yeah. wind blows in such a way that the pollen so there's this toxic, toxic pollen. pollen jungle that's yeah. consumed most of the planet and kills people but their little valley the, the wind protects them from pollen landing in there and like uh, corrupting their trees yeah so then and they become uh, so so her and her community and she's the princess right so her community becomes embroiled in a uh conflict by this like kind of aggressive power uh, with this queen oh who, the uh, hang on I wrote them down the the Tolmecians the Tolmecians yeah so they the Tolmecians I think it's Tolmecians Tolmecians so the Tolmecians are uh, hell bent on destroying From Armenia yeah they're they're hell bent on destroying the toxic jungle and they have unearthed a ancient entity they call it the ancient warrior uh, yeah the um, Pejite warrior yeah to, uh, from the Pejite people, who are like a desert people, uh, to to destroy the to destroy it. Now Nausicaa finds out that the only thing that's creating fertile soil is when the trees, the toxic trees, petrify and create like a sand that you can grow out of again. So she discovers this, and her and her Pejite friend that she meets try and stop the Tolmecians from uh, awakening the warrior and thus eradicating the toxic jungle. So that's the plot. Yeah, but it's it's. Just first off, you got like you know it is a absolute like unlike this and North Star, which looked cool but was kind of sloppy. Like this movie's animation is just impeccable. I mean, truly the polar opposite. I made the joke about the Bechdel test earlier. This is maybe one of the few anime movies you can ever find that actually does pass it. It's full of strong female characters. It really is. It really is. So it's almost atypical for this type of movie to have a female a female lead at this time that had depth to her. And the evil princess or whatever from the general from uh, yeah who Uma. Thurman plays in uh, the American one that I watched. You watch the Japanese. Uh, this one I actually watched in English. D- Ghibli movies are the one. Well, they actually get high in voice cast. I actually prefer, like, even my maybe my favorite movie, Princess Mononoke, is better in English than it is in Japanese. I would argue. Well, because they hire really so good much energy into 
like uh, yeah, the voice casting and the voice acting. Yeah, so in this There's one, actually, two English versions of this. There's an original. Dub, that one's terrible. Which is not good. No, that's and not good Disney because Disney got their hands. Yeah, because they edited the shit out of the original one to get rid of all the environmental themes, right? Like mm-hmm. they really wanted to make it like. Yeah, if you haven't seen this movie, if you're, you're listening to this, so again, if you're Chris or Nathan in the future, or either of our moms, uh, <laughs> hey, yeah. my girlfriend will listen to it, okay? <laughs> or at least she'll tell me she did. If you've accidentally downloaded, yeah, this. if you thought that this was a different podcast and you're listening to, to us talk about anime, <laughs> um, then uh, if you like the more popular Ghibli movies like Princess Mononoke, Spirit, or Spirited Away, this movie. They basically took this movie. <laughs> jo- I wrote a joke. I wrote a joke down for it, but it's it feels like they made this movie and it was success, a su- success. And then the studio was like, "Yeah, you need to pump out like three more movies." So they just chopped it into three pieces and made Princess Mononoke, Spirited Away. Well, I don't know. I think you're. I think, I think you're selling Princess Mononoke short if you say that. But I mean, it's the theme of this like kind of pure. But that's just Miyazaki. Small village. But that's Miyazaki, right? Yeah. Like Miyazaki is obviously an environmentalist. Comes from a country that industrialized really rapidly. A lot, they lost a lot of their natural beauty because of the industrialization, right? So I think that he... He is a bleeding heart environmentalist. He is, yeah. And he is truly like... And I think calling him... I also think calling him Japan's Walt Disney is selling him short because yep. I think he's got more imagination than Walt Disney. Absolutely. Not, not to say Walt Disney didn't have imagination, but Walt Disney was like hindered by these like political prejudices and like this weird social oh. environment of growing up in America. And a lot of the... Like the great Disney movies I think of were kind of just turning around like classic fairy tales and whatnot. Like yeah. a lot of these, even though they borrow heavily from like Japanese But then they also inspire so um, I read I, I, he's, he's inventing these themes from whole cloth con- you yeah. know, in, inspired by his personal convictions yeah. and whatnot you know? and I really love I really love Final Fantasy like I'm a huge Final Fantasy guy I know you are too mm-hmm. um, and when you watch this movie you can see especially with the Chocobos like that yeah. they, they completely took I, 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 looked, I, ver- to be, I verified it they did yeah. yeah so they ride I these just, they ride these the giant chicken like things in this and they, and they look just like Chocobos so I, I did look it up it did inspire the Chocobos yeah. in Final Fantasy but not just the chocobos like the look the mix of like ancient and high and high tech uh weaponry uh yeah. airships magic and technology like the, those magic yeah like airships stuff like that like it's all very like it really it was like a groundbreaking movie and, and i can't even overstate it's like steampunk before there yeah. was steampunk and i can't even overstate like how cool the animation is like just oh, how beautiful this, it is hand drawn by the like, time I was done watching this I said this might be my favorite like fantasy film that I can think of like it totally invents a whole world it like, does it, it never, it, they never refer to earth or anything like that there's no they say like thousand years since the end of civilization and that's a theme you get a lot in anime yeah but who it doesn't, could it be, doesn't matter this could be some far off planet Gaia or yeah <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't matter right it doesn't matter where it is it's just it's just a phenomenal it's a phenomenal piece like it has it has so much heart in has so much like it has so much depth which is so rare for anime movies right like they don't usually have this kind of depth they don't usually have this kind of there aren't a lot that have the kind of depth that Studio Ghibli movies have it's too bad right yeah um, and, and that's kind of one of the reasons why I'm not a huge fan of you know I'm digressing here but I'm one of, one of the reasons why I'm not a huge fan of uh, anime television series is because even if I like the style or the theme the characters are always so one dimensional like I tried to watch Attack on Titan because I was told that one was a little different but mm-hmm. I was like six or seven episodes in and I'm like yeah this looks cool sometimes but it's not very good, right? It like, doesn't do it for me either. It, doesn't, it, didn't, it didn't hook me. There are some good old ones that have, like, consequences and maybe only have one season that has, like, a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yeah. Any modern ones, it has the same problem that a lot of modern TV has where it's making money and it's successful, so you can't kill your main characters and you can't end it. You just have to keep finding, you know, new things for them to fight or whatever. You know, everybody kind of 
gets away in the end and doesn't die and you know there's no major consequences whereas you know movies like I mean like the one we're watching right now Ghost in the Shell you know they they don't follow the standard um, you know ABC like no. plot structure of an American like action or adventure film well I mean Nausicaa the, the guys don't always win there's there's nuanced endings you well know, yeah I mean Ghost a in lot Sh- of gray morality yeah like Akira and Ghost in the Shell are both perfect examples I mean you, if you can call it a happy ending I mean everything's just, and especially in Akira everything's destroyed everything's uh, you know Mangled and you know Tetsuo's dead, so Kaneda is kind of a, it is kind of a, a sad ending. Although he eventually does die, right? And then Ghost in the Shell is the big morally like you know Kusanagi's body is destroyed. She uploaded herself to the network, right? Like there's a lot you of know, darkness in these. Th- those two movies have something in common with the end of this movie, which couldn't escape the uh, anime trope of just getting uh, incomprehensibly trippy at the end. You know, like the very end of Nausicaa, you have. Uh, it's, I don't know uh, Nausicaa becomes some sort of a Jesus figure and sacrifices herself to the oncoming army of Ohms yeah okay so we haven't actually talked about the Ohms yet yeah so the Ohms super cool really fucking cool like the best way to describe them are like giant mollusks I guess that have like yeah that kind of like they look like big potato bugs or something or you know like wood, wood lice kind of like mixed that with like the reapers from Mass Effect right yeah you yeah. know yeah because they're like these big like kind of scaly structures with like little little, little legs. hands or yeah. tentacles coming out the front and they uh, and they're like super dangerous and if like the ohms come at you like you're fucked right but Nausicaa's found a way to like kind of calm them down what a great shot that is yeah well that's yeah, all a metaphor of, for like listening to the environment and learning to work with it you know saves all us and them but like trying to fight against it kills both of us I mean it was pretty early on for that too right because I mean that would have been that would have been like really like that point in the 80s would have been really when like scientists were starting to talk about global warming and um, people were starting to talk about climate change for the first time right there were people that were that saw like the destruction of environment as like man's due. But like, I th- like Tolkien was a big yeah, but I, oh right? of course like, right in the wake of World War Two. Yeah, of so. course right. But I think that like with uh, with this one, it was more like the time it came out, like the rainforest, the was mm. the whole yeah the deforestation of the rainforest it was starting to become a story. It all seems to be about water and like forest, like deforestation yeah. that his concerns are. Mononoke is a lot about that, right? Like he's literally trying to save the god of the forest from a steel. Steel mill, right? Pretty much. So, yeah, that's such a. It's a very similar movie. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's kind of like he made Princess Mononoke in a different time period, but a very similar movie with more money and like a little more experience. Like, I mean, I made that joke earlier, and like you know, it is an oversimplification, but I mean, I feel like this is one of this one of the first. This is the first like epic <coughs> movie, right? It is. So. He explored. What, did he do? what was before this? Was it uh, 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 Castle in the Sky? Castle in the Sky, Laputa, Laputa, and then also um, that kind of like funky seventies one with the guy with the sideburns. Oh, uh, uh, Lupin, <laughs> yeah, Castle yeah, yeah. of Cagliostro. Castle Cagliostro. We should definitely watch. Yeah, that's a great, a great one too. One. We're gonna watch all of them, but yeah, but so I mean, this is a two-hour-long movie that explores all kinds of different themes and plays with a whole bunch of different like you know, uh, visual and audio ideas and whatnot, and they do come back in multiple of his movies. Right? Yeah, so if... Pieces of this in 
three or four other, like even Porco Rosso, the one about the, the pig. battling uh, biplane, seaplanes, yeah. or whatever, ta- tailspin the anime. Totally. Uh, is, uh, has a lot borrowed from this because there's a lot of like air battle and like sh- they're like, you know, they're towing a ship at one yeah, point and she's yeah. got her little like flying craft. Oh, the way, they, the way they animate her glider is so cool. Oh, yeah, man. How bad do you want to ride that? Oh, I'd right? love to like, ride that thing. It's so, uh, like, uh, in, in <coughs> capturing watching her yeah. ride that thing. No, it's incredible. I absolutely love it. I... Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Like, so on, it's on the other end of the spectrum. So, like, for if you're looking for a movie that kind of like hits all the points, all the cliches of anime, and like what you kind of picture when you think of a, a typical anime movie, then you got Fist of the North Star, right? But if you wanted to prove that you can take that style and apply it and make it like super, you know, accessible and art house at the same time, then Nausicaa is a really good early example this of would, that. This would be one of those movies I'd show somebody that says that I know I never really got into anime. Yeah. You'd be like, no, well, you can make a film in animation, you know. In that style of animation, right? Yeah. So... Where would you kind of rank it in the uh, in the in the top of the echelon? It would be right up there for With me. All anime, yeah. Oh yeah, it's in the top top tier. Top tier, S-tier for sure. Anime, yeah, it definitely is S tier. Uh, ten ten out of ten. S. Pollen spores for sure. <coughs> oh fucking pollen spores, man. Yeah, they're. Uh, the only thing that I don't like, if I had to pick a little criticism, is like the male character is such a little like typical anime little wiener. Which one? Like the the kid who's from the uh, Pejai or whatever. Oh Pejai. yeah, yeah. Like just the one like, played by Sh- Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> and not because it was Shia LaBeouf, right? But like the, the character just had no reins. He was kind of useless and like didn't really do anything. Yeah. Oh, and then meanwhile you got uh, Lord Yupa. Oh, Patrick Stewart. Pat- yeah, Pete Lord. Stu himself. Yeah, Pete Stu. Yeah. Uh, who else did you have there? Uh, Uma Thurman. Oh, there was a bunch of great. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Uma Thurman was the evil queen. Well, I guess not evil, but like conflicted queen. Yeah. I mean, she never really makes a a turn. Right, like she even has a line at the end where she's like, uh, you know, attack, and she's like, "Are you sure?" It's like, "Yeah, I've chosen, I've chosen the path of violence or something like that." Yeah, and then so she gets killed. Yeah, so yeah, and then uh, uh, somebody else. Oh, yeah, uh, you I got think- Tress McNeil in there as the voice of Baba, the uh, wise woman of the. Yeah, movie. they're all about Baba. They're all about like Baba Yaga as yeah. characters because he's got another you Baba in uh, Spirited Away as well. Yeah, and also the village matriarch in the beginning of Princess Mononoke. These guys, the her village has a lot in common with Ashitaka's village from Princess yeah, Mononoke. Yeah, sure does. And they look the same. Yeah, made me think that. You know, maybe they're just the descendants, you know. But I, <laughs> I wrote down, I feel like maybe this movie takes place a thousand years after the events of Princess Mononoke. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Ashitaka and San, you know, weren't able to reconcile uh, industry versus the forest. Yeah, but those people are all <laughs> Japanese. The people in Nausicaa are all white, clearly. <laughs> yeah. Like, he made them, like, European for the most part, right? They are, yeah. Yeah. Which is an odd choice, I find, in anime. They, like... They have a very, like, strange track record of making things Japanese, but also very Western at the same time. So, like, Akira, Ghost Akira, for example, and uh, Princess Mononoke are both Japanese. They're purely Japanese. Everybody's Japanese. Everybody looks Japanese. Everybody has Japanese names. Mm-hmm. But you have, like, Nausicaa. Uh, what's the other one? Uh, um, not My Neighbor Totoro, the other one. Uh, hmm. Kiki's Delivery Service. Yes, yeah. Right, yeah. everyone's white, right? Or so the Cat Returns, I think, is pretty. That's on the Japanese side. That's Japanese for sure. Um, yeah. Porco, Porco is Rosso, they're kind of like European. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, they like, are. They're, maybe they're supposed to be French, even. Yeah, it's pretty weird. It's pretty weird how they do that in anime. They always have. And the Fist of the North Star was the same way. Like you're not really sure what ethnic group anybody is supposed to be. It doesn't really matter though, really, right? That's yeah. like, who the fuck cares? Yeah. 
Like, it doesn't matter. But uh, either way, like, top shelf movie, I'd fucking, I'd watch it again in a heartbeat. Like, it was, oh, yeah. it was really, it was a treat to watch I it again. I can and I will watch it again. Because you know how, like, today, like, when we watch these movies growing up, we don't have smartphones. We can just, like, think of something out of the blue, look it up on the internet. Like, you tended to be more focused and things were more special. Like, the media was more expensive. Oh, I definitely caught this one and, at random or something. Well, yeah, I know, but, like, when I, so did I, but when I, but when I, uh, watched it this time like I didn't look at my phone I didn't reach for my phone once Mm-mm. I was so locked in and I stopped yes. I didn't even write, want to write notes I was just so locked in on the movie I just sat there and watched it yeah it's like, completely engaging it was phenomenal. well to be honest both of the Morphous of the North Star had me this on, North Star was had me on the edge of my seat silly in a great way the good kind of bad I the laughed good. out loud you yeah. know I, I gasped uh, just what like, you know I just want you to see a man jab his extended fingers into another man's <laughs> chest yeah, like yeah. real slow, like real slow, like just dig him in there. Uh, we didn't talk about that one character in Fist of the North Star. Uh, what was his? I don't even know if I got his name, um, but he was like the guy that um, Ken meets up with at some point, and then they're kind of like trekking to fight. Yeah, uh, Ray. Yeah, Ray. Ray. I, talk, I did talk Ray. about him because I talked about how Ken could have like ran to save yes, him. Yes, yeah, right, yeah. So, but Ray's fighting style is probably the coolest the in the weird whole movie. String or whatever. Yeah, he just makes these weird geometric patterns. Yeah, he chops that guy's arm off. Fingers. That was pretty cool. He's like, you lose these. You guys, you guys can't see, but I'm doing it right now with my yeah, hands. It's I just really cut cool. Nathan's coffee table in half. It was, yeah. But yeah, he's like slicing directly. Like that one guy, he cuts off. Everything but his like his torso, yeah. his head, his fan- arms, and his legs. That was the King Midas guy. Yeah, that was yeah. fantastic. <laughs> that was so good. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. The, viol- the violence in that movie is boiled down to like an art. Like there's so much of it that they like had experimented with different ways so, that you could draw disemboweling or dismembering someone. Do you want to talk about Street Fighter a little bit? Uh, yeah, we can do that. I don't really remember. I didn't actually watch it. I didn't have time. I mean, um, it's... No, we might end up cutting this out if we don't get in enough good information going about it, but I did write down a lot of notes because this movie's fucking bananas. So, as I recall, I'll tell you what I remember out of it. So, it came out in the early 90s, like 92 or 93, something like that. Um, hot on the heels of the release of Street Fighter 2, which was like a global phenomenon. Like, if you, if you weren't a kid in that era... Like, you don't understand how fucking popular that game was. Mm-hmm. Like, that game was at every 7-Eleven, uh, at every corner store. That was the game, Street Fighter 2. Until Mortal Kombat oh, came yeah. to kind of usurp it a bit, Street Fighter 2 was the game. That might be the first game I can remember having kids over to my house, like, for multiple friends and then getting, like, a little tournament going. Yeah, for sure. Each other. For sure. It was released at home on the Super Nintendo before it was released on the Genesis. Um, I don't actually, uh, I never, I didn't actually have a uh, Super Nintendo growing up. I was a Sega kid. Mm-hmm. You were a Nintendo kid, weren't you? Uh, yeah, correct. Yeah, correct, right. That's why you're such a fucking wiener. Because you like Nintendo. You didn't. That's why. I, Genesis does what Nintendo don't, Chris. That's why I still believe in. What do you know about blast process? Laughter and the joy of. Yeah, well, you know what? I grew up. A, I grew up a little more extreme, with a little more of an edge. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if there's one thing I usually say about you, it's that you do what Nintendo don't. For sure. <laughs> I have blast. I live my life with blast processing. <laughs> All right. So anyway, Street Fighter it was like it's the best. It was the best shit ever. I still fucking love that game. We should actually play it later on Sega Genesis. Hell yeah! That's what that's what I have. Uh, I don't have a Nintendo. Um, <clears throat> oh, no, never mind. Uh, so anyway, yeah. So as I remember, we got we digressed there a bit. As I remember, it starts out with like Ryu and Set Ryu and Sagat. 
Correct. In a, in a field. That actually, I've seen it before, and that's the only thing that I remember. Yeah, from. and they like do the ninja guide and cross, yeah. right? They both jump at each other, and then Ryu. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna no, no, they play for a while. Sagat bashes them around. Eventually, Ryu. He kicks them so hard in the chest, it splits it open, right? There's something else, another thing going on before he even hits him with that, where. There's something in the distance, like something, a third party, like analyzing them, like Dragon Ball Z style, and like a computer readout of all their stats is popping up on the screen, like his, his fighting power, and cool. like a list of all of his like, nice. attributes. His, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, he like start, you know, Sagat's kicking his ass, and he uh, starts kind of like hyping himself up and like, you know, concentrating his Hadouken yeah. or whatever, and uh, his fighting power goes up to some crazy level. And then he like jump kicks and, him, right? Uh, no, what he gets him with is a Oh, the sure you can. Yeah, yeah, but it's, that's, what, that's where he yeah. gets the big scar, the big right? Scar, yeah, they explain the... It's pretty cool. He, like, the exposition for the scar on... Explodes uh, Sagat's chest. Sagat, played by uh, noted indigenous American actor Wes Studi. Really? Yeah, the that's, late Wes Studi. That's hilarious, because I wrote down... Uh, Street Fighter the animated movie a movie about cultural sensitivity <laughs> no so in the live okay there is a scene where he fu- where skip ahead a little bit but where Ken gets in a street fight with a Native American character is it the guy from the championship yes. edition or whatever it is yeah, yeah yeah there's a lot of those characters in it that make like there's a scene where Akuma is just chilling on the ground but he doesn't ever have a line or do anything he's just in the background but uh yeah he, he knocks out this Native American character who is very uh, culturally and sensitively portrayed. For well, sure. I mean, the Japanese, you know, they look at like, especially at that time, like they're looking at books for their, like, man, this movie's animation is so crazy. I know, right? Uh, like they're looking at books and shit, right? Like they're not they, they, they when they think of Native Americans, they're like, oh, like you know, it was oh, a different time, it was a different time, you know. <laughs> and it, so, but yeah, Wes Studi, uh, a Native American man playing a Thai person in the live action. I thought uh-huh. that was hilarious. So go on. Uh, so anyway, yeah, then Ryu meets up with Ken at some point. Well, right, real quick, uh, like, so, like I say, there's some sort of computer readout reading them, and this is a theme throughout the movie. It turns out to be uh, M. Bison's, um, sh- what is his thing called? Shadow Law is his group. Uh, but they're sending awesome. out cyborgs in, like, uh, you know, disguised as uh, casual civilians to kind of scope out street fighters around the world. What is a street what fighter? Is a street fighter? No. Uh, well, okay, I wrote that down too. So, um, street fighting is. I write that down. That, that's a. Oh, we stole that line from the great June Diane Raphael. Yeah, street fighting is uh, mostly about uh, mind control, cyborgs, Interpol. Uh, assassination of yeah. world leaders, terrorism, and yeah. uh, fighting in the streets. Well, yeah, and because of the game and these movies, that's what I think of when I hear the name Street Fighter yeah. 2, so mission accomplished. <laughs> so, okay, so these cyborgs are reading out the the, the statistics, the attributes of these fighters, you know, from the shadows. And uh, it only comes up on the screen briefly, and it's in small text, but I had to pause it and read it. So here are the most crucial stats uh, to determine your fighting ability. So... Right off the bat, number one, top of the list, lung capacity, right? You're not going to win a fight in the streets, especially, if you don't have a good lung capacity. You got to hold your breath, right? What if it rains? Um, eyesight, obviously. got to see. Uh, and then dynamic eyesight, which... You got to see, see better. Obviously, we all know the difference between yeah. those two yeah, things. Yeah, see better. 
something called Audition. I read it ten times. That's you know, what it says. You gotta perform, man. You gotta yeah. perform. You're gonna go out there, you gotta perform. People are watching. You're fighting in the streets, man. You, know, I mean, you have an audience. It's, you know, you watch MMA and, you know, some guys can wrestle and, uh, you know, they can grind out a fight, but it's not exciting to watch. No, man. You you know? gotta, audition is a huge stat, you, you right? You want an Anderson Silva out there auditioning for the fans' attention. Yeah. Uh, you got metabolism, for sure. For sure, right? Uh, neuroflex. You gotta think. Right. Gotta think on your you, feet. Well, you know, I think with that one, it's pretty clear. You don't want people to be able to manipulate your mind. You know, you gotta be neuro. Well, in case the street fighter that you're fighting has psychic abilities. Exactly. Right. That's totally possible too. Um, somewhere in the middle here, not that so important. Offensive strength and defensive strength. Because yeah. good offense is a strong defense, right? Exactly, and yeah. vice versa. And vice versa. Uh, then max offensive strength, right? When you really give it your all. You well, know, that's when you're all charged. Where do you top out on That's strength. when you fill up that bar, right? When you're, like, really strong. Uh-huh. Uh, recoverability, which, um, you know, I think recovery would be fine to say, but... No, I think recoverability is more descriptive, right? Like, it really hammers home how fast you have to come back when you get knocked down. Mm. Uh, you got, of course, speed, uh, and then perseverance, right? Yeah. Got to persevere. I mean, you can't, and you can't right. be slow. Rock, Rocky taught us all that. Uh, uh, judgment, uh, leadership, uh, perception, and of course, the most important one, objectivity, right? What? I'm sorry. <laughs> you, can't, you, can't, you can't let your political or, you know, emotional biases influence the way that you kick someone's ass they're in like, the street. They're like, Ken, we've heard that you've... Uh, You've been uh, attending rallies for the Socialist Party of America. That's just not acceptable. You know, we need you, you to remain. We need you to remain politically neutral for the duration of this martial arts kumite. Your, you know, left or right wing political views in the middle of a street fight. <laughs> well, then what about Zangief? Isn't he some some fucking Soviet Union? Shill? Yeah, well, like, isn't he, a he gets Soviet very shill? little airtime in this movie. Okay, and he gets his ass kicked by. Uh, 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 shut up, Nathan. Uh, Blanca. Blanca. Blanca is a stupid character. <laughs> he really is. Do you remember him? Also, in the, super racist. Do you remember him in the movie? Yeah. That was fucked up. Yeah, it's real weird. Yeah. It's like a, he looks like the Hulk from the old TV show. Yeah, Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> that that movie, by the way, if you can ever, if you ever want to watch, we might even we might even talk about it one day when we do bad when we do a bad action movies episode, like just a. Yeah. Garbage action movies. Oh yeah, we can do video game movies. Oh yeah, let's do video cover, game cover movies. Double Dragon. Maybe we'll do that for next week. Yeah. That'd be actually that sounds like a good that sounds, sounds like fun. a good plan. I, I want to watch the other Street Fighter movie. Yeah, it's crap. Yeah. So stay. Spoiler alert. Yeah, it's bullshit. Yeah, we're coming back next week with uh, uh, Street Fighter the live one action. It's a good video game movie from that era, and it is Mortal Kombat. Yeah, pretty much from the nineties, hundred percent. So really quick, I can sum the plot up. This the plot, the intricacies of it are indecipherable, but the larger plot is basically you have uh, Chun-Li, who works for Interpol. Right, I remember that. Always. She's always a spy. She's uh, she's getting the, get the gang together, so she's going around and recruiting good street fighters like uh, Guile uh, and... Uh, All-American boy. Eventually, uh, Ryu. Uh, Ryu, excuse me. Ryu. And... Uh, then you got M. Bison. You know, my whole life, I, call, I called him Ryu until yeah, like five did. years all ago. Yeah, everybody did. Nobody knew until, I don't know, like he started hearing it, it you know, on TV or something. Yeah, it's Ryu. Um, uh, yeah, so then on the other side, the reason she's recruiting them is because you have M. Bison. He's already brainwashed 
are you know your classic bad guy street fighters so that's um uh what's the boxer's name balrog uh sagat and vega Oh wait, I wrote down a great line. Is it called Balrog because of the monster in Lord of the Rings? I was just I was gonna say Balrog, it's like that doesn't sound right. That's the monster from Lord of the Rings. But that's what he is, isn't it? Yeah. It is Balrog, right. yeah. yeah. Um and then uh, he's then using his cyborgs to uh, scout out other potential street fighters that he yeah, can Vega's also. Vega's a bad guy wash. too, right? Yeah, Vega's a bad yeah. guy, yeah. So there's a scene where early on where chun has got like a you know a, a monitor up in front of like a boardroom of like government officials and she's explaining what shadow law is and she's breaking down like Sagat a national icon from Thailand and blah 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 and then she gets to Vega and she says Vega a savage uh, ruthless uh, oh what is it hang on oh savage ruthless and a card carrying carrying psychopath oh wow card carrying yeah how does one card carry I mean, you gotta get, it's a whole thing. You gotta get licensed and there's a test and, uh, you know, you gotta renew it every year or two. So it's complicated. I don't want to get into it here. I don't have time. Fair enough. Fair Uh, enough. So, so so anyway, yeah. So basically he's going and he's kidnapping warriors and brainwashing them to do terrorist acts early on. Uh, we have a dope ass scene that definitely didn't give me a boner where, uh, Cammy, uh, kills some sort of senator or congressman. Um, she runs out of a crowd while he's like saying goodbye to the press and she jumps up on his head, stands on his shoulders with her feet around his head, spins 180 degrees and snaps his neck and then cool. backflips off of him and kicks out the back of his knees so he lands like, you know, like Homer when he lands on that uh, fire hydrant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the worst. This is the worst pain ever. But he says, this is even more painful than oh, it that's looks. Right. That's right. Yeah, the crack. This is even more painful than it looks. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I don't, we don't have, I don't want to spend four and a half hours explaining the plot of this No, no, no. I think we actually but, did pretty well uh, for the, for for only one of us having seen this, it. This I we can't I can't get into it. This movie is so problematic. There's so many amazingly problematic and like potentially offensive racist, things. offensive scenes. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. Well, I mean, like, it's you also know, some dope music in it. Ken is the American. By the way, is Ken Asian? I don't, I don't know. from the game and this movie, I do not know. Oh, they he's tra- American. They train together in Japan like they're brothers, but then he he's you know It's like it's like the it's like Snake Eyes and I Shadow guess. Shadow whatever. Shadow Dancer, Shadow Heart. What's his name? In G.I. Joe. Shadowy McShadowson. The white the white ninja, right? <laughs> the one that like incels will be the first to pop up and tell you that he's white and not Asian. No, so Snake Eyes is white. The other guys. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Doesn't matter. It does not matter. Uh, But there's a scene where he's ripping around in his Porsche being, uh, you know, gaslighting his uh, hot, his hot girlfriend. And he's uh, rocking out to Them Bones by Alice in Chains. Oh, fuck yeah. It's fucking rad. That's it a came rad on, I was soundtrack. like, fuck yeah. That's wicked. That's wicked. It's so, because it's, it's the 90s, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. That's um, fucking rad. So, uh, let's see. Is there anything else maybe important that I want to... No, but I'm oh, definitely going to watch this. There is. Okay, so Chun-Li is portrayed to be a badass, and she is Interpol, and she is kind of like the main, you know, protagonist almost of the movie, or like... Much like in the live-action movie as yeah, well. Yeah, but this movie, like a lot of anime movies, has a real problem with women, and uh, basically she gets in one fight in the movie, and it is about halfway through, Vega breaks into her hotel room, the penthouse of the, in, in London, and... Uh, 
ambushes her while she's in the shower. Uh, the, the scene like where you see him kind of creeping his way yeah, in, yeah, you don't yeah. know it's him. Yeah, you see it from like his point of view. They keep cutting back to her, who's in her apartment, or in her in her hotel room. But she's in the shower, and it's just a conservatively four and a half hours of gratuitous shots of her showering from head to toe, like up from the back of her legs up to her ass, from her tits down to her crotch. Uh, up the side. So you see everything. Every and you see everything. Oh wow! So you didn't <laughs> uh, jerk off right then and there. Uh yeah. <laughs> yeah, good for you, man. I wouldn't have been able to hold it in. Surprisingly, actually, I didn't. I mean, usually this is a problem for me when I watch sexy scenes in movies, especially it's, cartoons. I don't have time to get to that either. Uh, anyway, she does beat him in a pretty badass way. Obviously, she does her spinning kick and all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But at the end, she sidekicks him straight through the wall, like not out the window, through the wall of her apartment. Her hotel room out into the street, he falls like five stories to his death. That's pretty cool. Um, but it puts her into a coma. She is then in a coma for the rest of the movie and gets awoken at the very end by Guile after he's like saved the day. So she's completely taken out of the film at that point. Wow, yeah, they do have problems with women. Yeah, <laughs> another movie that does not pass yeah. the Bechdel test. No, 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 no. Uh, all right, uh, take a break, then questions. <laughs> um, okay, it's time for questions. For questions. All right, well, I'm gonna start it. I I, I came up short on this one, even though this is kind of more my thing. Well, so that's why I think I I'm like gonna, you got a few. I'm, I'm taking the lead here. Thank you to ask you questions because you oh, got thank a, God. Yeah. Oh. So uh, okay. So my first question here is: What was your first exposure to true anime? So not counting like Transformers, like or Dragon Ball Z. No, no. That Dragon was counts. That, that so that's your first. first okay. Was catching Dragon Ball Z uh, at like one in the morning when I was in like grade, I want to say seven. Yeah. And I got hooked on it. Like it was in the beginning of the first season. I know you're not a big Dragon Ball Z fan, but like, no, it, but it, it got me. It. You know, blurring backgrounds, epic battles, concentrating yeah. your chi. You know, like uh, further and further escalating violence. Uh, it's got it all. It's a good like lead into that. Yeah. Um, there was that, and then um, probably actually, honestly, those YTV uh, New Year's Eve nights. I remember. Getting, yeah. That's where I first saw both Ghost in the Shell and uh, Ninja Scroll, which to this day are two of my favorite anime movies. So, mine, yeah, those are two of the best, yeah. yeah. And the, the, just to recap that, it was what blew me away, what sucked me in for life was the deviation from the standard kind of plot structure, right? Like Ninja Scroll is an epic, right? There, it has four or five ups and downs in it and then a big climax at the end. And Ninja then, Scroll is super weird. And the and the violence. We'll get it, we're gonna do When we watch that, if you haven't watched it in a little while, You'll be reminded of how, like, I, I watched it recently, and I've seen that movie a hundred times. The it, the violence, the action in it is almost second to none. Like, it's oh, one of my most favorite it's the best. martial arts it's better than Fist of the North. It's better than Fist of the North Star's violence. That's saying something. Yeah, I, I find it um, more compelling than a lot of live more action clean. violence. Um, we're going to do another anime episode at some point, for sure, and we're going to yeah, do a This Kira. has got to be regular. I actually been wanting to catch up on my anime, so yeah, it's I think good. this is a good... But we're going to do Akira. For we're going to do... You know, we're gonna do uh, Ninja Scroll. We're gonna do all those. You know, Princess Mononoke. Okay, we're gonna do all the classics. We're gonna get. We're gonna. We're gonna get through it all. But um, yeah. So, so what? What about you? What was your? So first, I. True anime. I. It's hard to remember um, exactly which one this was, but I think what it was was Robotech or Macross, whatever you want to call oh, it. Yeah. And I think the reason was is because I was so obsessed with Transformers, and just the idea of tra- of, ro- of any type of robot transforming into a vehicle and yeah. 
So in Robotech, they had the ships that turn into mechs, right? Yeah. So I thought that that was so cool. And so I rented the VHSs at our local video store um, to, you know, and watched that. And, and what the first one I rented was like the movie, the Robotech, the movie, which is like the introduction. I think it was the collection of the first 10 or 11 episodes that aired in Japan, right? So it's like this epic, long, four and a half hour. That's what they, they do that a lot, actually. They right? did that when we were kids. Neon, yeah. Neon Genesis, the movie is, yeah. one of them is like basically the entire first season of the show in one two hour. Yeah, hour so, because they're all like 20 minute episodes or whatever, I right? think Fist and the North Star might be kind of like that as well. Well, no, that's its own thing. Sa- it? Same actors, same artists, but different, they, different d- they took a different plot, yeah. Um, but yeah, so. That was probably, but then and then at the same time, you know, I can't remember that. Was it was it Blackjack, the guy with the scar? Ooh, yeah. What is that? Is that what then, that's called? But that was that's his character name. But then the movie that he was in was called like something Express Nine 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 Nine. Like, the, you know, right? You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we have to Google that shit. We haven't actually taken out our our phones yet at all. I uh, I, I rarely need to. Yeah, but this time about anime. But you know, this time we do. <laughs> um, Hold on. That, that one, uh, Macross, Macross Plus got played on the New Year's Eve YTV block of anime, and I remember that Something one being pretty Express great. Something Express 9999. What I like about those those robot ones compared to Transformers, even though I love Transformers, is uh, it's so much more practical because I feel like Japanese culture could kind of see... Galaxy Express 999. That's what it was. Yeah, but like they could, they could see the future kind of robotics coming and they fetishize yeah. it, so it's all... It feels more realistic, right? It's a realistic portrayal of what yeah. robots could this be in guy. the future. Right. So that's yeah, the guy yeah, I remember, the pirate guy. Yeah, so that's what I remember. That and Robotech, those are my first true. And then I got really into Saber Rider and the Star Sheriffs. Ah, yeah. Which was pretty badass yeah. as well, which is a Japanese show that was... To be quite honest, I only remember the intro, but... Saber Rider. Great, great intro. Yeah, I'm going to download that whole show yeah. uh, illegally, because you can't really buy it. So... <laughs> You can't. I like speaking to... of pirates. All right. Um, next question. Uh, do you have a true favorite, like uh, an unqualified favorite? Yeah. Yeah. Because I do. I do. Uh, Prince- Princess Mononoke. Yeah. So mine's Akira. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I. They're interchangeable to me because they're completely different movies. Yeah. But I. No joke. People ask me like, "What's your favorite movie?" Those are two of my top three probably favorite films of all yeah. time. Right. I, I've rewatched them infinitely. I get something different out of them every time. Akira, honestly, is. More compelling to me the more I rewatch it. Like I've got we, we watched it. We watched it. We watched it not too long ago. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it's always a so experience for me. The copy I have is the Blu-ray. It's so unique. The animation itself. It's like to me. It's like looking at a, a beautiful painting for you know like like a hundred beautiful paintings back to back. It's it's visually alone. You could enjoy that thing on mute. You know, yeah. Like it's it's that good. And it's from an era before any kind of ability to digitize the making of an animated film. It's all hand-drawn by a huge team of people yeah. over a huge period of time, and it shows. It's wild. There's lighting effects and, you know, all kinds of stuff. It's all just done completely by hand. Um, yeah, yeah, Kira is a... Kira is a movie that I think a lot of people know of, and they hear it, and it's almost like the, the prototypical, like, anime movie, and maybe even they've seen a bit of it, and that they think anime's weird and, you know, like, inaccessible. But I've shown that movie to so many people. I've shown it to girlfriends. I've shown it to like my mom. And yeah. They get sucked in at a certain. We're talking point. about Princess Mononoke. 
Uh, well, actually, both. I was talking about Akira. Oh, really? Because yeah. I, I don't know. I, Mon- I, Mononoke is is infinitely accessible. That's just yeah. I found Akira like you know you kind of have to know your audience a little bit more with that one because it's very yeah. sci-fi. Roger Ebert loved Princess Mononoke. He loved Akira too. Yeah. He was a big proponent of Akira when it came out uh, when it was released and when it had its American home video release because we never got it in theaters here. Right. I mean, they'll show it at the Rio sometimes, but we had this dope store in the mall when I was a kid that just basically sold foreign DVDs that you couldn't get anywhere else. Is this and in, in, in mostly Fort Hour, Ontario. This is in Ontario. Okay. Yeah. In the Penn Center Mall. It only existed for a couple of years, but I cleaned them out while I was there. Nice. I still lived at home and I was had a dishwashing job and I spent like half my paychecks on them. I don't know where those DVDs are now, but... That's too bad. Yeah. I had a bunch of good yeah, ones. Yeah, I have a few anime DVDs, but you know, I think I, I loaned most of them to a friend and he still has them. I was hoping to get Ninja Scroll and Wicked City back. Wicked City is another good one as well. Yeah. It's kind of like a paranormal investigator cop movie, right? Yeah. yeah. So. We got to watch the original Vampire Hunter D also, if you've never seen it. Yeah, I like that one. I like that one. It's good. We, we watched Bloodlines the other day, but uh, I think we're kind of drunk when we watched it. So. Yeah. That's a good movie, too. It is. Uh, last question here for me. Uh, why do you think anime has been just proven, for the most part, so hard to adapt into live action? I mean, there's a couple of examples that aren't terrible, like... And, you know, the Ghost in the Shell movie, it's not great, but it's not shitty, you know? I I think one major thing, and I mean, and, and, you know, like Ghost in the Shell is a more realistic-based movie, and you have done great fantas- fantastical sci-fi movies like Blade Runner or whatever that totally established yeah. this cool... or, or uh, Cyberpunk kind of world. Yeah, yeah. or, or uh, um, Even the, the Fifth Matrix. Element or The Matrix or something like that. Yeah. But in general... Uh, the appeal of these anime movies is they really take you to like another place and that's hard to achieve on film without the perfect like team behind it and like they're kind of a rare breed I think and most anime movies don't get that kind of attention right you can't make a, a simple you know adaptation of an anime movie and expect to achieve that level of well, like, the, but the, but think about it like you know the, there've been and I am you know and they keep threatening to make an Akira live action movie and I'm and I'm horrified yeah. I just don't have any and faith maybe it's because it's always it feels to me like they're always going to be a cash in you know what I mean like no one I don't know if anyone's taken a Japanese property that fucking loved it and is like the world needs to see this and like used it like the Matrix would be that they where they made a but new movie out of yeah out it's of heavily Cole inspired Clark, heavily, heavily inspired, inspired by anime and that's yeah. a good movie but anyone that takes Ghost in the Shell and tries to make a live action movie they're just trying to make a billion dollars and they're taking something that's pretty cool that has a cult following and you know remakes are rarely as good as the original no right? and I think that when the and, the and the remakes that are successful tend to be remaking movies that had like a lot of technical flaws like the original right. thing for example and there's nothing wrong with anime movies no. right they're, they're, they're just animated people just in the west have a hard time accessing animation as a medium for because really, of cartoons yeah for mature like adult my, nuanced my, uh, my, my stepmother um, has the hardest time watching animation because she just associates it with cartoons yeah they're goofs right and you I know? mean like the original a lot of the original cartoons and I've, like, and I've told her adults, and I've, but and they I've, weren't serious and I'm, like, I'm like no you need to watch these movies like Persepolis or you know Tokyo right. Godfathers or like these actual like yeah. movies that have the beautiful like animated movies yeah like animated movies that have like beautiful depth and it's like Oh no, I can't because it's animated. And it's correct me if I'm wrong, but I always heard that that was basically the reason was, you know, obviously Japan has had like a fetishization of the West for a long time. Yeah. And they love 
big Hollywood movies over there, but they never really had like the infrastructure and the money and to make live action films like that grand live action films. But animation is a very popular medium for storytelling over there already. So, you know, they went with that. And then, you know, Akira is like the perfect example. And obviously like as, you know, Japan became more industrialized and uh, became more of a wealthy nation, like you have the the Japanese horror movie phenomenon and all like that. And it's a different story now, right? Yeah. But when it comes to sci-fi, they typically default to anime even today. Like there's not a lot of live action sci-fi movies that come out of Japan. Like there's a lot of period movies, right? And a lot of like current day movies that come out of Japan, right? Horror movies and shit like that predominantly. But you never see like any like heavy Japanese sci-fi that's not just straight up yeah. anime ever I think that like America has the monopoly on great sci-fi because and to, England. to really build the world England too England's England like too, Doctor yeah. Who that, uh, you it generally I mean Doctor Who is actually a good exception to this because it's not a visual like you know feast or whatever but you need a lot of money to do no, that no it most certainly building, is not right like you need resources especially pre-CG to like build this entire world you know that really doesn't feel like a painted over version of modern times and actually feels like it's in the future you know yeah or to create like a great monster or whatever so I guess the answer to our question is that they just can't go all in enough to make it worth it yeah I guess right like you're not gonna doing it for the wrong reasons well I don't I guess but that's the thing like you're not so if you're doing something for the wrong reasons how can you go all in enough right like how can you really care yeah well what it is is (laughs) maybe this is you know, too cynical, but like uh, so many movies now, like American mainstream movies are just trying to make double their budget. And there's like no time or even value in finding a really original creative idea. They just take people that have made cool things that have cult followings, like great comic books or graphic novels or anime movies or whatever. And then just kind of churn out like a half decent live action version of it with a couple of big stars that you know want to be in an action movie and it sells and people like it but it and it makes it's you know double its money back but it's not there's no artistic you know pursuit behind any adaptation of an anime movie i no. don't think that's ever been done no and i mean there's been a couple of like weird ones like that you know that people have kind of flown under the radar like there's a there's a live action fist of the north north star is there really yeah starring christopher lombert i'm pretty oh sure oh my god or no is that i think that might be it i think it might, that might be it i might be thinking of a different movie actually but know, i'm pretty they, sure he's in that there was one. that one va- vampire Bl- blood the last vampire that one actually wasn't bad i never watched the live action it wasn't actually that bad because the, the anime was like 45 minutes long right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like I don't know that I one. That one was actually probably one of the best ones I've seen. Uh, and then there was also a Crying Freeman with uh, Mark Dacascos. Okay. That was terrible. It was all filmed here. Wait, it has is some Mark Dacascos the uh, guy from John Wick Three? Is this is he the Jimmy Lee? The uh, the 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 what is he called? The the chairman from Iron Chef. Correct. That guy. Yeah. <laughs> correct. Uh, That's where I know him most from. Yeah. I know him from his martial arts roles. <laughs> um, okay, so I mean, I have some equally uh, poignant uh, and thoughtful questions written okay. down. So, um, Nathan, uh, who was your Street Fighter main character? 
Oh, God. Who was your go-to? I mean, I always wanted to learn one of the other guys to not just be a fucking cliche, but it was Ryu. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, man, I mean, a lot of the other moves are hard to do, but I guess, you could bust out I guess I had a, I guess I had a Chun-Li. I, I was kind of, I was adept with, enough with Chun-Li, and I could use uh, Blanca and Honda because they were cheap, but yeah. Ryu was my guy. See, I wanted to be good with Blanca, but I could never figure it out, so I was a Dalsim guy. A Dalsim guy, yeah. really? I loved, I would jump back and do the down punch with Some his extended shit, arm. Man. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's the most racist character, I believe. I love that. That's a good question, though. Yeah, <laughs> definitely Ryu, I, ha- I have to say. Although, you know what? You know what game I really want to play? And it wasn't on any of the uh, consoles that kind of like those mini consoles that get released. is Street Fighter Alpha. Oh, Street Fighter Alpha is good. Because I really like that one. There's also a Street Fighter Alpha anime movie that's supposed to be pretty good. Yeah, okay. Well, we could put that on the uh, list. Um, okay, well, that's all I have for questions. Actually? Yeah. Uh, who so, my favorite Street Fighter character? So, Damn, man. I'm glad so I asked. I'm really glad I'm, you came through. I'm, I'm glad I had some questions this week. Um, I'll, I'll redeem myself next week, I swear. Uh, so what we I think we should do every week, though, is ask this question is, did you learn anything I from did. these movies? What did, what did these, these three anime films teach you? Well... I learned that, uh, well, first of all, I learned that objectivity is a really important attribute for the Street Fighter. Crucial to combat. Crucial to combat. Um, I learned that um, being punched in the head can lead to your head being ruptured from the inside, exploding. And I learned that uh, pollution is bad. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I Kind of the, uh, you know, other end of, edge of that sword, I learned that plants are good. Right. Right. That was a real important thing I that agree. I did not know before this week that I no. know now. Uh, in a post-apocalyptic world, you know, God forbid, I mean, you know, who knows where things are going these days. Things are bad, right? Got that Trump yeah. in the White House. Coronavirus. You know, coronavirus. What could happen? Um um, you know, I'm gonna focus on my hand-to-hand combat skills. Guns are basically useless. Yeah, there's no it's guns. All, all swords. All disputes are settled through fists and like bladed weapons in the yeah, future. Yeah, and the guns, odd magic attack. Guns disappear. Yeah. And then uh, just generally, I think that anime has taught me that violence is the answer. It is you the know? answer. That's, that's it's the answer to solve everything. All conflicts generally is you gotta you gotta sh- you gotta throw down. That's hilarious. <laughs> um. Right. Anything, uh, anything that you have you caught up in the Outsider yet? Uh, yes. Oh. I, didn't, I didn't watch this most recent one. Oh, dude, uh, you haven't watched the penultimate episode yet? Uh, no. Oh, wait. Yes. Is that the one where, if you're all caught up, I can say yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, they uh, kind of recap like how the boys got trapped in the cage. Yeah, so that's the most recent yeah. one. Okay, Correct. yes, I yeah. am caught up. Yeah, so pretty hyped for the last one. What really upsets one. me is like the, the dude with the big mustache like the private investigator, like he didn't want to go because he was like, oh, this is like going to war and he's the first guy who gets fucking murked when he gets out of the yeah. car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what's yeah. you hear like ten gunshots as it goes dark? Oh, dude, dude it's gonna be rough. Is everybody dead? Oh, I like, think that uh, I think that like most half, of them are dead. I think, right? I think like Holly and uh, Ben Mendelsohn is finally finally accepts the reality of the, of the situation, yeah. right? Um, yeah, I'm at, that show is phenomenal. I'm really like, happy with it. It's a, it's I, a I still show. reserve ultimate judgment for how funny how it plays out at the end here. Well, Chris just wants to see blood. It's been great. He wants. I don't care if it's it's. A, he wants if it's half the. Good. He wants half the main characters. I just, to I just be don't dead. want it to fall apart. Is all. I don't think it will. I don't man. think it will either. I don't it's think been, it will. Look, the directing has been really good. The way that it's built itself up to the to this point is very. It's been you know it's asked a lot of its audience and you know and they're gonna reward us with. Uh, 
Who do you think is the, the best performance in this show? Who's your favorite character? Holly Gibney. Holly Gibney? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I put her up there. I think my favorite sleeper is uh, the uh, lawyer. The, oh, like, the Jew lawyer? Yeah. Oh, we have to edit that out, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a safe place. <laughs> I assume our audience is made up of mostly like racist, white, uh, incel, you know, 35-year-old men. So. I certainly hope not. <laughs> That would be terrible. They got, they got money to waste on. Uh, they got disposable income. Untitled Chris and Nathan podcast project. They got uh, yeah. Well, we got, really got to figure out a. We'll name. get there. Like, it's gonna happen organically. Um. What was I gonna say? Oh, um, you know, so before. something you guys are gonna learn as uh, these episodes go on is that Nathan is a huge movie buff and nerd, uh, and but Chris hasn't seen a lot of really, really quintessential, almost required viewing classic films. I don't know, like, what, which ones? <laughs> well, so I watched this past week. Uh, the movie The Goonies for the first time. Wow. <laughs> That's hilarious. And I, great, eh? dare I say, no childlike wonder or joy- enjoyment was lost in the 36 years that I haven't seen it. Uh, I, I was completely enthralled. Yeah, it's I great. I loved every minute of it. It's I great. I felt like a kid again. Yeah. Uh, that movie is great, 10 man. out of 10. I Goonies absolutely enjoyed it. What a cast. Yeah. Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman is so Sean, good in Sean it. Astin, uh, Josh Brolin. Oh, I love, you know what I love is how it's made in that time. Monster, Monster Squad, which I watched for the first time recently, also did this. But... There's dead body in it. There's the threat of gun and knife violence on children. Uh, it's they don't Robert Dobby at all. Yeah, Robert Dobby and uh, Joey Pants, who I didn't realize. Oh yeah, Joey Pants for well, sure. I didn't realize it was him until halfway through the movie. Oh, I fucking love Joey Pants. Yeah, yeah I can't also, wait. I can't the, wait for you to see Bad Boys. The mom life. character in that movie. Oh, um, so perfect. Who looks like. Um, uh, uh, Nick Nolte uh, with a wig on. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, brother. That's me. I didn't realize, or I did, I guess I just realized when I watched this that the um, characters from DuckTales, the uh, the mom and her like three sons that are like burglars or whatever, that are, like, are based on. Are based on yeah, movies. 100%. And also yeah. a little bit mom from Futurama and her like three dopey sons. Totally. She's always slapping them around. Yeah, totally. The whole idea of the mom with the with the boys, I think, is based on this, right? Yeah. No, I'm, that's so funny that you watched the Goonies for the first time. That's yeah, fucking great. Yeah, um, a, friend, a friend of mine and my a friend of mine and I are watching uh, kind of like cheesy '80s movies. So oh yeah. We're right now we're gonna watch um, uh, the Popeye starring Robin Williams. Oh, that's uh, <laughs> that's that movie's got some, that that movie's hit and miss. So that was, uh, that was your week? Watch Goonies? Yep. And watch anime? You betcha. Uh, I, a lot of anime. Other than the anime, I watched a movie called... I'm a big fan of uh, bleak crime thrillers. Oh, yeah. You know, in the vein of, like, you know, Green Room and small crimes and those types of movies. So I watched this movie called The Scent of Rain and Lightning, uh, starring Mika Monroe, who you know from It Follows and The Guest. Oh, It Follows is such uh, a good movie. Uh, Justin Chatwin is a local guy. Mark Webber, Will Patton, who you know from tons of football movies. And uh-huh. Armageddon, right? You know what I'm talking about, right? I think so. Will Patton, he kind of talks like this. You know? Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, I, 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 I can't find a picture on there, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah so and it's about this, this girl and her... The, the, the supposed killer of her parents gets released from jail 
she's really upset, wants revenge, and then, but then like the more she looks into it, it turns out maybe it wasn't him, and maybe it was uh, inside job kind of thing. So cool. lots of betrayal, murder. What, what year was this? Uh, Two thousand seventeen. Oh, okay, great. So it was on Crave. I watched it on Crave. So that was a fun one. Uh, if you like that type of movie, Can I mean, give me that name one more time. Uh, the the uh, the scent of. Um, Rain oh, Lightning. Oh, Maka Monroe. You know who she is. She's, an, she's the main girl from It Follows. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Uh, also The Guest, which I, I keep pressuring you to watch. Yeah, I'll be watching that soon. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I haven't had time to play any video games or really watch anything else because of work and being tired from work because we both work full time. Mm-hmm. It sucks, especially mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. running around with like chickens with their heads cut this off. This is our, our one escape from the drudgery of work and family. Do you have a family? I don't have a family. <laughs> I mean, I guess I don't. All right. We're going to uh, go watch some Ultimate Fighting. Sayonara, dickbags. Bye.